This is the John Oakley Show podcast. I am delighted to uh, get to this segment of the program and welcome three people who are no strangers to the studio. Reverend Dr. Sherry DeNovo, Minister at Trinity St. Paul's Center for Faith, Justice, and the Arts, former MPP uh, for Parkdale High Park, and former colleague of mine, Sherry, how are you? Uh, the Shermanator, it's always a pleasure to be speaking to you. Absolutely. Ditto. Ditto. Thanks. And uh, Michael Giles is with us. He has been uh, in government for 30 years, currently is chief of staff to Deputy Mayor Anna Balau. How are you, Michael? Good. 30 years makes me sound very old. <laughs> that's that's like when I say the first time I spoke into a 50-kilowatt radio microphone was 50 years ago. How do you think I feel? Never mind. All right. And uh, John Capobianco, who is Senior Vice President, Senior Partner, and National Practice Lead for Public Affairs in Fleischman Hilliard's Toronto office. John, Cappy, how are you? I am well. So good to hear from you. It's been much too long, my friend. It has. And, and of course, I have to say this, uh, topics worthy of discussion, sponsored as always by Pizzaville, pound 3636. Now, uh, I'll give away a little secret. If we pull away the curtain, uh, people who are on this panel always have a bit of an advance notice on things we're going to talk about. Of course, John and, and I'm the same way, come up with ideas that don't go into the list. So this isn't on your list, but if you were listening last hour, you would have heard somebody whose name you know, you all know this name, Nick Kuvalis of uh, campaign research. He was doing some work a couple of weeks ago for the Toronto Star on uh, what people thought of the teacher strike. The Star wrote the questions. He did the, the research in the field and it was published. That's fine. You're all aware of that. But he did some other research that uh, he unveiled with us today and uh, in some publications. I can't tell you which ones. But uh, what he's showing is rather interesting and I'm going to be uh, fascinated to hear your reactions. There's a, a definitive uptick for popularity for one, Doug Ford showing up in this research, and it's connected to the, the bulk of the research is about the teachers, but it's showing up in connection with the teachers, according to Nick, because uh, in two particular instances across the board, there is uh, some fairly strong uh, and persuasive feeling being picked up in the general population for one a 1%, not a 2%, a 1% raise per year in a would-be contract for uh, Ontario teachers, and also for a very strong feeling for declaring it an essential service. I know what I'm going to get back from you. I'm going to start with you nonetheless, Sherry. What do you think? Well, first of all, you know, there's lies, damn lies and polling. Um, so <laughs> I, I think the real polling is with the voters. We just had two by-elections in Ottawa, and the Conservative vote was down 10%. I also think that uh, campaign research, I mean, this is a conservative strategist, just saying. Um, uh, and in fact, there have been other polling firms that have been polling since January that don't show that, um, in fact, show the opposite. Um, and so I think, you know, again, the jury's out. What I would, will say about parents, and this came out in research done by the government itself, is that nobody, nobody supports bigger class sizes or very few people, and people are not happy about e-learning. And those well, are they, two that, big i got to tell you, the poll that I'm talking about did the same thing on those subjects. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, again, uh, you know, judging from the size of the demonstrations and, and the size of the resistance, um, I, I would say parents are still standing with the teachers on this one, and and that does not bode well. Something Somebody got to give, and at this point it looks like it's going to have to be the government. 
Well, I'm going to keep you on hold, Michael Giles, because uh, I know where Sherry's sentiments lie. And, you know, I'm the same as her. If the polling company had been a liberal polling company had said something else, I probably would have reacted the same way. And, and John, you are of uh, my ilk, the conservative side. What do you think about these numbers? And what do you think about what people are saying in this poll? And I know Nick well enough to know it's scientifically done, uh, that they, they favor 1%, not 2%, and that they favor the declaration of teachers as an essential service. Well, I believe uh, I believe in the poll, uh, and I think that uh, I think that the poll is uh, probably reflective of what Ontarians are starting to feel. Um, listen, I, I know Nick Cavallis as well; he's a friend. Uh, I know the work that he does is always quite uh, uh, quite good, and uh, and is reflective of I think that uh, what what people are are feeling uh, of the day on whatever subject it is. I've always said it on this show and others that that polls are always a snapshot in time. But what what doesn't surprise me, though, Peter, is that I, I felt and I've sensed that that the premier was getting some good vibes uh, with Ontarians, certainly since the the rebrand, if you will, uh, that we've talked about as well, where, you know, where he came out of uh, the first term, uh, the first year of his of his term, uh, had the summer and then came back sort of a kind of a renewed, uh, had changed his caucus, has, has shuffled his cabinet, uh, changed his staffing. Uh, and really came back with with a new sense of of direction and compassion uh, and and all that stuff. And so I've, I figured that that was going to change, and public opinion was going to change as a result of that. I've always maintained that it's like changing a it's like turning a cruise ship. It's going to take a while before that happens. Takes three miles to get it going, and three more miles well, to turn so, it. So so yeah. So I'm 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 glad to see that. I think that's reflective of what the premier's been doing in his caucus and his government has been doing over the course of the last little while. Now, with respect to the essential services, this is what happens when strikes that affect um, um, Canadians or Ontarians. Uh, to the core is that they'll initially support the unions, they'll initially be patient with the strike, but the minute it starts affecting them, the minute it starts making their lives uh, much more difficult to deal with, as the case was with the province-wide strike and parents literally were, were affected by that, then you start seeing the, the public opinion turning. Uh, and we're seeing that, and of course, the fact that people want teachers to be declared an essential service is not a surprise, given the fact that it is a huge discomfort for parents when this happens, and it happens every uh, three or four years, no matter who's in government, and it always happens when the, before the school year starts. Well, it's kind of interesting, and I'll go to you, Michael Giles, and, and jump off where uh, or John was uh, mentioning essential service. It was not that many years ago, and, and frankly, I was in Queen's Park at the time, so I guess it must have been seven, eight, nine years ago, and, and Sherry, you were there as well, but we'll, we'll hear from Michael Giles. Uh, Dalton McGuinty, obviously a liberal premier at the time, um, asked on behalf of the city of Toronto, for the legislature to declare the TTC an essential service, and we did. Is that something we should be considering per this poll on the teaching front? Well, there's two sides to this, and this is the issue with essential services. I think the worst time to ask somebody, anybody, the public, uh, if something should be declared an essential service is in the middle of a strike. Because everybody, it doesn't matter who you are, can say, yeah, yeah, make it an essential service. But the the complication there is is that you essentially end up going to arbitration all the time because it's an essential service, and when you do that, you tend to, it tends to be more costly, and it also takes away the right of unions to bargain. It takes away the right or the ability of the government to to bargain as well. So there, there, I, I think now is probably the wrong time to ask if teachers should be an essential service because I think everybody's going to answer yes. Uh, in terms of how this is going over, I mean, I've said this a few weeks ago. I think as this goes on, and you know, like. 
we have the same thing. You wake up in the morning, you know, is there school today? Is there not school today? Is it? And it's, it's almost as if it would be better if there's a strike or not a strike, a settlement, because, you know, you're trying to figure out, it, are they going to school today? Are they not going to school today? And I think that is starting to wear people down. And so what are they doing? They're looking in the poll, I think. You know, Nick does very good polling. So obviously what the poll is reflecting is, I think, a, what a lot of people are thinking. And that is along the lines of, you know, in terms of compensation, and the government has been very effective in its message with respect to compensation. In terms of compensation, 1%, that's reasonable. That's what people are going for. This is the message that the government and people are taking up on it. When it comes to things like, uh, you know, the, the uh, e-learning and the class sizes, the government backs off a little bit on those things. Then uh, I think pretty well the, the, this this will be over because there's nowhere to it'll be a very difficult thing to defend other if it just comes down to compensation. So I think these numbers are probably fairly accurate. And, uh, you know, as I say, people are just getting tired of this. And, and uh, at some point they start shifting one way or the other. And I've said that a few weeks ago, too. People start shifting one way or the other. And I think, frankly, there may be a little bit of a shift towards the government. They've managed the messaging very strongly. And they have, you know, in the Ministry of Education, they have a very ineffective communicator. Well, the, the polling uh, was what kicked us off on this conversation. Conversation and uh, I want to go around the horn once more with quick answers from all of you on this. This is a strike, but not a strike. It's it's a withdrawal of services, you know, on this day or on that day. For example, OECTA, the Catholic teachers were negotiating at the beginning of the week. Then they stopped negotiating. So now they've announced on March 5th they're going to withdraw their services that day. This is the way it's going. It's kind of like a chessboard and you've got to follow it. And is my kid affected or, or is he affected tomorrow or whatever? And I think that's what's, what's gnawing away at people. And it's one of the reasons you're seeing a result like that. That having been said, I've been talking on the radio about a, an impending um, work problem. We won't call it a stoppage but uh, or a strike. We'll call it a, a standoff between the provincial government at the negotiating table and the teachers' unions. Uh, and, and this is I've been talking about it since last summer. And now here we are. Uh, it is coming to the end of February. We're going into March. So March, April, May, and boom, you're in June, which is the last month of school. Do any of you, let's, let's just go the same way, Sherry, then John, then Mike. Um, Sherry, do you think that there's any chance that we're going to get resolution with people walking away on both sides feeling, okay, done and dusted, anytime before the end of this school year? Uh, well, um, one hopes for everybody's sake. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think, you know, when you make drastic cuts to education, and make no mistake about it, um, there are cuts to education uh, spending, uh, and that means cuts in teaching staff, et cetera, you're going to get not only pushback from teachers, but from parents and students, too. Uh, and so there is a pressure to uh, resolve this. Um, you know, the government has the power. That's the reality. I mean, they can order an end to this if they wanted to. Uh, I think that would be an unpopular move. And I think the unions are are, are smart in not doing a full-out strike, Although, uh, if it comes to that, I think other unions backing them would make uh, would put the government in a really untenable spot. So that's what the government might be. That's the gun they're facing down right now, is that other, other unions come on board and you get more of a general strike situation in Ontario, not just a teacher strike. Okay, John, your take? Well, a couple of things. First off, this government has spent more on education, uh, so I think that's got to be out there. I think the fact that the school boards are misappropriating some of the monies that, that's going to the actual classroom and classes, we've seen some of the issues that have been have been public about some of the ways they've been spending the money. Uh, well, so I actually, think... it's going to a tax rebate for parents for childcare. It's not going to into the educational system. So just to, to clarify that. No, but still, there is there's money going into education, and I think that you know, and I think what we're seeing too is that. 
Um, a lot of the uh, a lot of the issues with respect to the striking and, and the teachers. I think it's going to be a, an issue where, and I've said this before, Peter, where the public opinion is going to be dictating as the, if the polls start seeing, and not just Nixon, more polls that are coming out there that are showing that the uh, the public are turning against the unions and are wanting to go back. I think you're going to see this uh, this happen. And I think the other issue that we have to, to deal with is that the government's continually asking the unions to come to the bargaining table. A lot of them are just walking away because they won't deal with the fact that the government won't budge on the 1%. There you go. Michael Giles, last word, and we'll take a break and come back with another subject. I can't see this getting anywhere near the summer. I think, if, you know, from a strategic point of view, the unions would have to act because the last thing you, the, the unions would want is get this day to the middle of the end of June. And uh, what if the government locks them out? And then you have two months of nothing going on, nobody getting paid and uh, no pressure because it's summer vacation. So in that sense, I think you'll see this will, within the next month, this will go uh, red hot and one way or the other it's going to be resolved if it's not resolved before then. But they won't let this go to the summer. All righty. Our panelists are Sherry DeNovo, Michael Giles, and John Capobianco. And this is Topics Worthy of Discussion. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.